0: Welcome to Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church, and thank you for joining us as we share the good news of Christ's love. We share a rich tradition as a diverse and welcoming congregation. We strive to meet people where they are and join them on their faith journey as we carry out our mission to love God, love neighbor, and change the world.
1: Good morning. Welcome to Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. We say a word of greeting to all of you this morning. We're thankful for your presence, those of you here in the sanctuary, as well as those watching on television and streaming our service. We're grateful for your presence as well. It is September the 11th. This is of course a day that we all remember, those of us who are old enough to remember, the events that took place 21 years ago. This is a sacred and holy day because it is Sunday, the Sabbath day but it is also an opportunity for us to remember those who were lost on that day and to remind ourselves that God has been with us through that whole experience, that whole process as the world continues on. So we gather now, mindful of that, as we focus on the joy of being with each other in this holy place at this holy time. I invite you to stand as you are able, as we join together in our call to worship. From Psalm 96, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord, all year. Sing to the Lord praise his name.
2: Please remain standing and join me in one of our historic creeds, the Nicene Creed, as printed in your worship bulletin. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true god from true god begotten not made one being of the father through him all things were made for us and for our salvation he came down from heaven was incarnate of the holy spirit and the virgin mary and became truly human for our sake he was crucified under pontius pilate he suffered death and was buried I invite you to receive these prayer requests from our congregation this morning. We pray for all experiencing grief and loss this day. To Withers Turner Boland and family in the death of her father Lawson Withers Turner III. To Scott Clement and family in the death of his mother Dorothy Clement Fortney. To Lindsey Van Paris and Laura Story in the death of their grandmother and sister-in-law Nancy Tolan, and to the family and friends of Lola Sussman. We also pray for all who are ill or recently hospitalized, including Thomas Hines, Jack Myers, Baby Doll Rogers. Our congratulations and we offer praise for new members to this faith community, including Susanna Stubbs and Nicholas Abernathy. Today is also Grandparents' Day, And we celebrate those of you who act as a grandparent and those grandparents who are no longer with us. What a privilege it is to have grandparents in your life as they are truly such important people. Again, we celebrate you and remember. We also lift up prayers for the country of Great Britain and the family of Queen Elizabeth II, especially King Charles III as he begins his reign. We remember her and give thanks for her stalwart faith in service to her country and to God. And lastly, today is September 11th, a day that for many of us will be forever etched in our minds as to where we were and how the activities unfolded throughout the day before our eyes. This morning we pray for the innocents, the first responders, and their families, and all of us. We are also ever mindful that there are countries in this world where this happens and what happens in, happened in the United States on 9-11 happens every day. So we ask you to receive these prayers as we go to God in prayer and say together the congregational prayer is printed in your worship bulletin. Holy and merciful God, in your presence we confess our shortcomings and our offenses against you. You alone know how we have wandered from your way by wasting our gifts and forgetting your love. Have mercy on us, O Lord, for all we have done to displease you. Help us to live in your life and walk in your ways for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name.
0: We come now to a time where we offer back to God gifts and back to the church. It's because you give that we are able to have ministries like our Wednesday nights at Pulaski Heights that are starting this week. And I'm so excited to lead a Bible study with Reverend Clark. Um, Dr. Robbins is gonna be leading a study on Luke. Reverend McMurray is gonna be doing an adult confirmation again. Reverend Hampton, or Dr. Hampton, is gonna be doing our Stephen Ministries training not to mention all of our youth, mid-youth, children's activities, and just space for parents who need a break. All of this is because you give. We are able to do exciting things for the life of this church, and it is with your help. And so as our ushers come forward, I invite you to join with me in prayer. Please bow your heads. God, help us to be grateful with what we have. Help us to be humble with everything that we have. Help us to see where we have abundance beyond the things that we need. Help us to see where others are lacking. God, open our hearts so that we can offer back to you whatever gifts, talents, and time you have given us that we can share. Amen.
1: You to remain standing as today we read from 1 Peter, the second chapter, beginning with verse 4. Let us hear these holy words that speak of who we are. As you come to him, the living stone rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they are destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Before you're seated, please take a moment to greet each other in the name of Jesus Christ. We again say a word of greeting to all of you here in the sanctuary as well as those watching on television and streaming our service of worship. We're thankful for you as well. It's good to be to the body of Christ, to be one with the other. We say a special word of greeting this morning to people in Bologna, Brinkley, Mount Ida. Of course, we say a word of greeting each week to those who are in our hospitals, as well as those in our nursing homes and retirement homes across the state of Arkansas. We are thankful to have all of you as our part of our worship experience today. As was mentioned just a little while ago by Reverend Maynard, our Wednesday activities kick off this week. I hope you'll prayerfully consider being a part of something We are trying to make Wednesday evening a very special time in the life of the church, a time of instruction, a time of learning, a time of fellowship, a time of food. So we hope that you'll get online, sign up for the meal, join us for the meal, participate in some kind of small group opportunity. We would very much like for you to do that. It will be beneficial for you and it'll be beneficial for us to once again, have people participating in the life of the church, not only on Sunday morning, but throughout the week as well. We are so thankful that you are here. Let us pray. O oh Lord, in the silence of this moment, prepare our hearts and our minds to hear your word for us this day and work your will in our lives. Amen. Some time ago, I was watching a segment on 60 Minutes. I was very taken with this particular story about a very poor community in Paraguay. In this little village where abject poverty was the norm, there was an orchestra. They were referred to as the Recycled Orchestra, and the reason they were called the Recycled Orchestra is because they used recycled material for their instruments. Now, not old cellos and old violins, but old items that they had pulled from the local landfill. These people living in abject poverty had trash everywhere. And several people who were gifted musically decided that they needed to do something to drive, involve people in that community in the fine arts, believe it or not. So they created the recycled orchestra. They went into the landfill. They got an old oil drum. They turned it into a cello. They found all kinds of different items that they could make into instruments. They even found an old saxophone, but it didn't have any keys. So they took bottle caps and made keys for that saxophone. They took an old aluminum salad bowl and shaped it and used it as a violin. And fascinatingly enough, they sounded beautiful when they played. The director of the recycled orchestra said, the world has brought us garbage. We have sent to the world beautiful music. That is a fascinating story to me that I think oftentimes speaks to us about who many people feel they are. They feel like they belong in a landfill. They're trash, they're worn out. They're no good to anyone else. They're no good to themselves for that matter but we believe in one who comes along and sees the sacred and holy in everyone and recreates that person into whom God would have her or him be. It is the power that Jesus Christ possesses that can make an extraordinary difference in the life of people who are filled with shame and regret and remorse, people who just don't feel good about themselves anymore for whatever reason and God can shape them into a beautiful instrument of love for the world. Peter writes to a church that has been displaced, spread out. They have been displaced because they believe in Jesus Christ in a setting that does not allow for them to be open about their faith. They're being persecuted, imprisoned, so they have been spread out, dispersed, and Peter writes what we know to be 1 Peter, a letter of encouragement, reminding them of who they are so that that letter will be passed from one small group church to another, reminding them of to whom it is they belong. And it is oftentimes written to people who are new to the faith. So Peter says, once you are not a people, That means once you were not a part of the faith community, but now you are a person. Once you had no mercy, but now you have received mercy. And then Peter is very succinct and precise about telling these people who have become followers of Jesus Christ under the most difficult of circumstances, just how precious they are. These people who are suffering, who have been discarded, who seem to be useless to a lot of people, Peter says, you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. See, that's what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. It means you're somebody, that you matter, that you're not just discarded, that you don't have a place for everyone who follows Jesus Christ, Peter says, is sacred and holy. You're a part of royalty in the eyes of God. A lot of these people who have become Christian were previously people who were either pagan worshipers or had no real faith of any kind. And so here they are, new to the faith. Many of these people at one time rejected the teachings of Jesus for a variety of reasons. And we know in Jesus' day, there were a lot of people that felt like they had really good reasons to turn Jesus away and not believe who he claimed he was. For example, there were those who rejected Jesus on the basis of Jesus having a false authority. You remember Jesus, he healed on the Sabbath day. It was an issue of authority for these people who rejected him. You don't heal on the sabbath day it's strictly forbidden no matter who you are there were those who rejected jesus for religious reasons because he had the audacity to declare himself to be the anointed one of god there were those who rejected jesus because he associated with people you weren't supposed to associate with. For example, for cleanliness reasons, there were those who rejected Jesus as unsanitary, as chronically unclean, because he continually touched people that were dirty. How can you accept this man as the anointed one of God when he is spiritually and reali- or ritualistically unclean? So they rejected him altogether. There were those who rejected Jesus for cultural reasons. Because Jesus would speak to women in public. And a good Jewish man would never speak to a woman in public. That was forbidden. The cultural mores of the day did not allow for it, but Jesus did it. There were those who said, I'll tell you why we reject Jesus. It has to do with societal issues. He doesn't follow the rules. He eats with people you don't eat with, sinners and tax collectors. There were all kinds of reasons why people rejected Jesus. And Peter comes along and says, in essence, we know all of the reasons why there have been those who have rejected jesus But for those of you who once rejected them and now claim him as lord you are god's special possession You're somebody your royalty you matter And remember to whom it is peter writes he is writing to the church That means those of us who make up the body of christ worldwide are god's special possession We are far from perfect. We can be sinful people. And oftentimes there are those who call us out for our sin and that's okay. We are not perfect. We don't always get it right. But despite our imperfections, we believe in a God who says you're somebody, you're not to be discarded, you matter to me, you are my special possession. Years ago, when my son Sam was a little boy, we traveled to Colorado, and we were sitting on a river, whittling, just doing the mindless act of whittling. I could do it all day long. And in the conversation with Sam, who at the time was about seven years old, I said, Sam, why is it that whittling is so much fun? I mean, I'm a type A, impatient ADHD element O P Q R S T kind of personality. I can't sit long with anything. And yet I can whittle all day long sitting by a river. Why is that? And this seven-year-old boy said to me, Dad, because you can't lose. You just do it. You don't have to be perfect. And I thought, you know, that's a good metaphor for life in the church. Why do we gather together why do we just do this why is it meaningful for us because we just do it you don't have to be perfect you just have to be you and as imperfect as we may be and as discarded as we might feel sometimes we're like the recycled orchestra god reshapes us into who god would have us to be and as spurgeon said we then become portraits of Christ, pictures of who we are supposed to be. And it happens in the life of the church because we're somebody. We're God's special possession. Peter wants people to know that, that they matter, that all that they're going through and all the suffering they endure, they're still somebody. Now remember, we're supposed to strive for perfection but when we fall short, God doesn't cast us aside. God says, you're still mine, you still belong to me, you're still somebody. Even in our imperfections, God can use us, and God sees something beautiful even in our imperfections. Now, we know what that's like in life, do we not? Have you ever received something from a child that is not perfect, but it's special because it came from a particular child. A painting, for example, or a drawing of some sort where a small child presents it to you and you say, oh, that is beautiful. You would never say, good night alive. I have no idea what that is. What is that? (laughs) You just say, that is beautiful. And then the child says, that's our house. And see, that's mommy and daddy and that's my brothers and sisters and that's a tree and you say oh it is beautiful now the easy thing to do is point out all the imperfections but we don't do that and the reason we don't do that is because of who is the one that presented it to us what matters is the person and the love we have and it makes those imperfections that much more beautiful When our daughter Rachel was a little girl, the tooth fairy came one night, and it was time for the tooth fairy to look for that tooth under the pillow and put a dollar bill there. And when the tooth fairy reached down to raise up the pillow that was below Rachel's sleeping head in order to find the tooth and take it away and place the dollar bill there, there was a letter. From the tooth fairy. Now Rachel at the time was about four or five years old. It is grammatically incorrect. There is no punctuation. And by the way, did you know you spell tooth? T-H-O-O-O-T-H. The spelling was atrocious, but it was a letter to the tooth fairy. It was such a special letter that to this day Susan and I have it framed in our house. Now, the easy thing to do is say, Rachel, good heavens to Betsy, do you not know what a period is? There's no comma in here. You didn't capitalize. Look at all the misspelling. My wife, Susan, is an English teacher, and believe me, she has no problem telling me all of that, but she (laughs) would never tell it to our daughter, nor would I. You know why? It is an imperfect letter when it comes to being grammatically correct, but it is a perfect letter because of the one who wrote it. And I think that's important to remember for all of us That we're not always perfect. We don't always get it right But God sees beyond the imperfections and looks at the one who is trying And says I love you all the more you belong to me. You are mine And in the world in which we live today where we chronically hear complaints and criticism and put downs and everybody can say whatever they want on any platform and oftentimes it's negative it's so important for us in the life of the church to remind ourselves that we sit around imperfect people who in the eyes of god are royalty god's special possession it is the world in which we live that needs to hear that message all the more And see, the good news for us is that we believe in one named Jesus, who is the Christ, who is perfect, who takes upon himself all of the sin of all of humanity and dies to that sin so that it is no longer ours to bear. He has taken it away from us, making us that much more pure in the eyes of God. And I think that's necessary for all of us to remember as i said peter is writing to a group of people who have been been dispersed and the places they have ended up are places where pagan worship is commonplace there are stones that have been created chiseled into some form of a god or goddess and notice what peter says peter says that you're a living stone he's making reference to those dead stones those stones that were created in the form of a god or a goddess that don't speak that don't move peter says you're in the midst of all of this pagan stuff but i'm telling you you're a living stone you're somebody now remember peter is the head of the church when peter writes this letter he's in charge the roman catholic church believes to this day that the first pope was peter the leader of the church so you have the one who stands above all others in terms of rank and the life of the church saying to the lowest of people that you're somebody that you matter because of Jesus Christ. Remember what the psalmist said, you were knit in your mother's womb. I mean, God shaped you into who God would have you to be. In the book of Genesis, it says, of course, that we are created in the image of God. And in the Gospel of John, it says, those who believe in Jesus Christ have a right to call themselves children of God. What that means, of course, is that we are God's artwork, God's creation, and God has shaped us into who God would have us to be, and we don't always do it the way we should. But nevertheless, we are who God would have us to be, called to be faithful and committed. And when we don't measure up, God doesn't discard us and let us go. By the power of Jesus Christ and through the presence of the Holy Spirit, we get to try again to create beautiful music, not dumped in a landfill somewhere. But we have a chance to shine all the more and be who God wants us to be. Now I don't know what happened to you this past week, but I know what happened to me this past week. And I don't know what's happened to you throughout your life, but I know what's happened to me throughout my life, and I haven't always been as faithful as I should. I haven't always done the right thing, nor have you. And like you, there are times in my life when I have felt shame and regret and remorse, and I would give anything to go back and say it differently or do it differently. But I can't and you can't. Can you imagine how terrifying it would be for all of us if we believed in a God who held that over our heads all the time? Who continually reminded us of our imperfections and our blatant sin and all of our mistakes? If that was hanging over our head all of the time, we would live in pure darkness with nowhere to turn. But what Peter says is that we become the light of Jesus Christ because the light shines in and through us. That means that God doesn't give up on us, that God gives us another chance. In fact, Paul says you become a new creation in Christ Jesus where the old has passed away and behold, all things are new. I love that passage of scripture because it reminds us that the old, that is our sinful nature, Has fallen away. It has died. It doesn't exist anymore by the power of Jesus Christ And we get to be who God would have us to be all over again Because God looks at us And God doesn't look for those things that are wrong I believe God looks at the things that are right about us And encourages us to exploit those things all the more to exploit our strengths and our talent and our skill set and most importantly, our faith, so that we're more like who we are called to be every day. I remember reading an article some years ago about a man by the name of Stan Caffey. Stan was getting married. He was a bachelor, he had his own house, It looked awful on the inside from top to bottom and his fiance said I'm not moving into that house when we get married the way it looks now. You're gonna have to clean it up So he began the process of cleaning his house inside and out when he got to the garage It was an overwhelming experience for him So he started putting piles of stuff all over the place that he would slowly take to goodwill pile after pile Finally, his house looked beautiful on the inside. The garage was almost complete and he looked up on the wall of his garage and he noticed this old tattered copy of the Declaration of Independence hanging on the wall. It had been there 10 years. All the imperfections, it looked ugly. It was smeared, it was smudged. The paper had turned brown. Just this old useless copy Of the Declaration of Independence so Stan Caffey piled it with the others and took it to Goodwill someone at Goodwill saw that and thought hmm paid two dollars and 48 cents for it and then had it appraised it turned out to be an 1823 original copy of the Declaration of Independence that was auctioned off for $483,000. See, sometimes we can be like Stan Caffey. We can see something for all its imperfections. It's just an old rag hanging on a wall. Doesn't amount to much of anything. But God sees something sacred and beautiful and holy in it. And it is worth a fortune. And the one who is worth a fortune is you, to God. You are God's special possession. So if you're dealing with shame and regret, you remind yourself that you're God's special possession. If you have guilt and remorse, let it go and give it to the one who wants to take it on himself and know that you are God's special possession. If your sense of self-worth and self-esteem is low, for whatever reason, you remind yourself since the early days of the church, we have been told by God that we are God's special possession. That means you're somebody. That means when you come in here on Sunday morning, if you want to be just a little arrogant, Go ahead and be that way, but realize everybody else around you is gonna be a little bit arrogant too, because we can walk in here with our heads held high when it may be hanging low all week because we're filled with shame and regret. When we come in here and we gather with each other, something extraordinary happens by the power of the Holy Spirit. God looks at us, sees all the imperfections, overlooks those imperfections, Tells us to do better the next time and says don't you ever forget. I will never leave you or forsake you You are somebody you are my special possession. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God No matter what happens We belong to God And through Jesus Christ We know who he is And as tattered and torn as broken as we may be sometimes the good news is we are god's special possession always and forever hallelujah amen our closing hymn this morning and the hymn of invitation is number 438 forth in thy name O lord as we sing this great hymn if there are those today who would like to in a formal way become a part of pulaski heights united methodist church those in the sanctuary can find a card in the pew in front of you We invite you to put your name on the card. During the closing hymn, the ministers will come down to the front. We invite you to give us that card. We'll give you the vows of the church, and we'll celebrate your presence with us today. We'll give thanks to God and rejoice that you've chosen to be in ministry with us as a part of this faith community. If you're watching online or on television, please be in contact with us. We will give you information about how you can become a very special part of our congregation as well. However you choose to do it, we hope today is the day in which you make that decision as we all stand together to sing. Thank you for your presence this morning. We're so grateful to have you here. I know on your way out today, you wanna say a word of greeting to anybody that you come in contact with. There are some folks from First United Methodist Church in Cabot with us today. As you may or may not know, Cabot made a decision to leave the United Methodist Church, leaving behind those who wish to remain in the United Methodist Church. A number of those persons have been worshiping with us the last couple of weeks. I hope you'll find them out because you're gonna have to shake enough hands. And when you find those folks from Cabot, please say a word of greeting. We are grateful you're here. And I'll just tell you, they're on this side toward the very back. (laughs) don't want to embarrass you all at all. We just want you to know how much we appreciate you being with us today. I hope you'll spot them out. Yeah. So we say to all of you, God bless you. Have a great week. Walk with Jesus and tell somebody about Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church.
0: For worshiping with us today at Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. We invite you to visit our website to let us know you were a part of our viewing community today or to learn more about how you can get involved in our ongoing mission to love God, love neighbor, and change the world.